0: Welcome to Transform, a podcast highlighting the people and ideas shaping the future of senior living. I'm Tim Regan for Senior Housing News. On today's episode, I spoke with Danette Opachewski, Executive Vice President of Resident Experience and Chief Operating Officer at Revel Communities, the senior living brand of Scottsdale, Arizona-based The Wolf Company. Revel has nine communities open and five more in pre-leasing or development. Opacheski and I spoke in mid-March, when Revel was seeing its leads grow significantly in the markets where it operates. That gave her optimism of a recovery in the second half of 2021. Opacheski, a veteran of the hospitality industry, sees similarities between today's senior living communities and the boutique hotels of the 1990s, and, now as it was back then, she also believes the time is ripe to break some long-held industry norms. Before we get to that interview, I'd like to promote our next BUILD conference happening in Chicago on November 17 and 18. BUILD is an annual event dedicated to the latest trends in architecture, design, and innovation for senior living owners, operators, and developers. Hear how industry players are redefining senior living development and planting their stakes now to reshape the future. Be sure to visit seniorhousingnews.com events for the latest updates on Build and our other scheduled events. Now, here's my interview with Danette Opachesky, Executive Vice President of Resident Experience and Chief Operating Officer at Revel Communities. Danette Opachesky, thank you so much for talking with me on Transform today. I wanted to start with an overview of Revel Communities for our audience. Tell us about the components that go into a basic Revel community and what differentiates Revel communities from maybe other kinds of independent living communities.
1: Hi, Tim. Thank you for inviting me in to talk to you today. So Revel communities are best-in-class, luxury, independent living. We emphasize food and beverage choice. We have very advanced luxurious facilities, you know, in swimming pools, indoor swimming pools tennis courts, fitness facilities, theaters. It really is about resort style living, but in an independent living setting. We provide food and beverage with the rent. And I think that really helps the residents feel like they have choices. And we really do focus on choices for our residents. I do think that's what differentiates us from a lot of independent living communities which are either parts of a continuing care facility, or they focus on the resort lifestyle without the support mechanism and choices for seniors who may need that.
0: Obviously the COVID-19 pandemic has been a challenge, I think for everyone in this industry, but how has it gone for Revel communities? Maybe what have been the biggest challenges and then where, you know, what what are you most proud of?
1: COVID was interesting for me personally. I came into senior housing from hospitality in January of 2020. I made a career change and COVID hit in March of 2020. And it was a really quick learning as to how to contain a virus in a community setting. However, I did have experience working in Manhattan during 9-11, so I really kicked into the, what I call emergency communication mode. And from minute one really started focusing, how do we serve our residents through this process and how do we communicate to our team members and up through the broader organization and out to the residents. And so that's what we really focused on was strong, transparent communication, setting up policies and procedures that really helped the team members uh, know what to do in a crisis like this. I would say what's been tough for our communities, obviously the isolation being an independent living community. This is our residents home and, you know, telling them they can't see their friends and family is a very difficult thing. So we really worked on ways to help the residents not feel isolated through technology, through allowing throughout the year, at certain times of the year, residents allowing their family members into their apartments, not necessarily into the broader common areas of the community, and really focusing, I think, on transparency, what I call transparency and technology, so that everybody knew what was going on every day, real time, and helping our residents use technology to break the isolation. So I would say the hardest part is isolation. I would say what we did well was really focus on how to make sure every single person within the Rebel family knew what was happening. You know, there's a lot of local mandates and changes through the course of 2020 and what to do and how to do it. And we really focused on keeping up with that, trying to make sure everybody felt safe and secure. I would say the other thing that was interesting to me personally was, you know, we didn't have major outbreaks in our community, but we did have a few positive residents and team members. And the residents who were tested positive, their very close social circle is what was infected. It wasn't the broader community. So it really was exactly who you came in contact with was where the spread happened. So the minute we found out we contained any person and isolated them. And I think that was the biggest learning. It truly is one-to-one, whoever you're with. So the residents did socially distance themselves pretty quickly, knowing that it was, you know, trying to stay away from people was the best way to uh, stop the spread.
0: So we we are currently talking in the middle of March and in the past couple weeks, I have heard I think, a growing sentiment among senior living providers that perhaps we are seeing the inklings of a recovery in the wider senior living industry. It occurred to me, though, that a lot of the providers that I've heard, you know, have seen these signs have, I think, been on the needs-based side. So I'm curious, are you seeing inklings of recovery in the markets in which you operate and uh, what you're planning for in the coming months?
1: So we are seeing inklings of a recovery. Rubble was blessed to have a growth in occupancy in 2020. I say that in knowing that their markets declined uh, throughout the senior housing space. But we did a really good job trying to make sure that people who were interested in moving into our communities had an opportunity to do so when move-in conditions allowed. So we were really excited about that. And coming into Q1 of 2021, we're actually seeing our leads up significantly from last year in Q1. We're in about a 28% increase in leads alone Now, hopefully, that turns into move-ins. You know there's a time frame from a lead into a move-in. So, you know, we do focus on on that time frame as well. But I would say for me, the recovery is really going to happen in full swing in the back half of 2021 when the vaccination rate is very high and people feel more comfortable moving in. What we've seen is, frankly, people who are in assisted living and on the cusp of maybe needing assistance, moving back into IL. I think the complete lockdown and isolation in the healthcare facility-based senior housing really affected people and their families. And we've had many family members reach out to us asking to move their parents into our communities and have some outsourced support, whether it was a family member or a third party nurse support come into the apartment. So we have seen some sort of displacement from AL back into IL over the course of 2020.
0: So what do you see as the biggest challenges ahead with regard to a recovery? Is there something that you think maybe the recovery hinges on or is there something that gives you pause or worry about the future?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of things out there. One is in senior housing, it's run at a pretty high occupancy over time, just from the fact that there's been a need for it and people were open to transitioning much quicker out of their homes. However, the, the industry lost good, a good amount of occupancy. I believe it was somewhere between six and eight percent in some markets and 10% in other markets. And that creates more competition, which I'm not necessarily sure is going to help the pace of lease-up coming in the back half of 2021. I see a lot more concessions out there, a lot more rent reductions. And so I think that's a major factor. Also, there's some competition coming into our markets as well. I think that also puts some pressure on the occupancy side. As it relates to COVID, I find our residents are very resilient, and they have very much been a positive uh, source of energy for our team members in in coming through this pandemic. However, they are becoming impatient with the concept of opening and locking down and shutting down the restaurants and then opening up part of it again and shutting it back down again. And I I think they're not going to tolerate a lot more of that type of mandate that we've seen in the past year. So you know, really focusing on making sure that we don't have to go back into a lockdown mode is a big challenge for us.
0: You mentioned competition. Prospective residents and their families sometimes don't know the difference between independent living and active adult. So are you seeing competition from from those kind of providers?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Coming into this, 55 plus has become a big part of who we, we, we sell against. And I think that while it's similar, it obviously doesn't provide the same level of what we call growth options and support. So fifty-five plus is truly just moving into an apartment and having a pool and and you're you're there and you you find neighbors and you have friends. Whereas I think IL really needs some positive market education. It is truly a place where seniors can go, have choices, have support, have food provided for them if they so choose to to dine with us take activities and bring those activities to life based on what they want to do. So there's a lot more um, what I call support in the IL space versus the 55 plus space. But it is important that we educate the broader market. I do think there's a lack of people understanding that. And I'm going to tell you a funny story. So I have a, a house in Fort Myers, Florida with my in-laws. And we have lots of neighbors who it's a family, multifamily community, but we have lots of neighbors in their 70s and 80s. And one of our neighbors who is 88 and very independent and active says that all the people she talks to do not understand senior housing. And so when she found I was working in this industry, she was asking me a ton of questions. So I find it fascinating coming from hospitality into this market that there is still a lack of broader market education on what this means and how people can choose and have options in their life as they age. And that's what we're trying to do at Revel is provide some source of education for that.
0: I want to talk to you about some, maybe some of the other comparisons, but the hospitality industry that you see or or some of what you learned there that you can apply to this industry. Before we do that though, I want to talk about something that I think all of our listeners are probably focused on right now, which is the future. So if you could peer into your crystal ball, where do you see the independent living segment heading in the coming months and years? You know, what are, what are some general thoughts or some big trends you see?
1: So. You know, I've been learning about this industry as as quickly as I can looking out and from the lens that I have. And I feel like independent living is definitely verging more towards 55 plus and away from the care model. So we call at Rebel our model the growth model versus the normal senior housing care model. We look at the technology. So if you look at the boomers and the use of technology, I think, you know, people over 80 very much are struggling with the future of technology. But I think people in their 60s and 70s today absolutely embrace technology. And so we're actively working on making sure all of our interactions with our residents are technology forward. And I think that's a big thing of what you'll see happening in IL. Really, just understanding and engaging and using the residents to help them as they age, you know, in support with a, from a technological perspective. So, for example, we are automating all of our leases and we're going to a 12 and 24 month lease program versus month to month, which I understand in senior was the way it was done historically. We're looking for transparency in rents, you know, you go to source. IL, AL, or anything in senior housing. And you have to really dig deep and provide a lot of information in order to get just what is the rent and what does it include. And we're working towards making sure that's a very transparent approach to you know family members and residents themselves who want to just know, what is this going to do for me? What does this look like? How can I live here? And so we have a program on our sales side called My Journey. And we're really focused on taking each individual and their thought and questions in their journey of aging and trying to make sure that this is right for them. We may not be right for all people who you know reach out to us, but we may be as well. So we're really working on an individual basis to try and figure out, is this the right home environment for you? And if so, here's uh, what we can do to support you as you age.
0: Earlier, I found it interesting when you mentioned what you said about residents going from assisted living back to independent living in some cases i'm curious is are you finding that you know despite the fact that you just said uh, what you said about you see independent living maybe trending closer to 55 plus are you seeing the incoming resident populations these days you know with higher acuity and i guess do you think that's going to be the standard moving forward or is that temporary due to covid if you are seeing that
1: that's a great question and honestly i don't i don't think i have the answer here's what i would say Having two sets of parents, myself, who are in their 80s, who all live independently in their own home or in an apartment, they fight for the right to live independently. It doesn't mean they don't need support. It doesn't mean they aren't looking at how do they, you know, use their cane or, you know, my mother uses a cart in the grocery store, one of those electronic carts, but they really want to be seen as the person that they were as they grew up and as they provided for their own families. And they don't want to give up that right to go into a facility. So it's become a debate in our in my own house as to what that looks like. And so I just try to say that we're really focused again on the person and how to how how we can support them as long as they want that level of support and don't need that acuity of care. I think the concept of communal living and the isolation and the healthcare platform that senior housing has been based on and the bad press that it got through COVID is not helpful to the future of that broader senior housing space. I do think, and I know that OSHA and other organizations are working on changing that conversation, but I really think it's important that we look at aging from a growth perspective. It is not a disability to get older. And when I Googled independent living, it came up as a disability. And so we're all going to age. We're all going to have different health issues that impact our ability to live. But it doesn't mean we still can't learn how to live under those conditions and push ourselves to be the best we can be at whatever age we are. And I feel like that's what Revel is trying to do, provide choices and support mechanisms and engage each resident in their own way. And I guess that's how I look at it. I don't have the answer, but I do think somewhere in the middle, it'll come out. And people who are maybe overly focused on the fact that they need to use a walker versus I'm going to use my walker and do the best that I can. And so I think hopefully the broader market will help educate people as they age so they, they, know, they understand these choices.
0: That's a good segue. And I think uh, another question I had, and we've touched upon this a little bit today. I'm curious to know, how is Revel specifically preparing to attract the baby boomers? Earlier, you mentioned technology, which I think is a big selling point among baby boomers, or so I have heard. I guess, is there something out there in the market today you think that baby boomers want but aren't getting that you're thinking about offering? Or more generally, yeah, what is it that you think they want?
1: Well, you know, in in talking to everybody that I know, and as I approach coming into this space, at some point, Again, I go back to transparency and pricing and being able to source and sell online better. I feel like we're the industry is behind in that space. I think you know one of the things that Revel is working on is what I'm going to call a staycation and um, a seasonal rental program, so that, We look at Revel as a holistic brand, not individual communities. So if you're a a resident at any one of our Revel communities, you can now go stay, well, once COVID restrictions are lifted, but you can go stay for a couple weeks per year. And we have what we call vacation suites. We're also working on a seasonal rental program where you can live in one of our communities and rent for a couple of months in a different community so again it's more if you want if you're down south in the summer and you want to be up north in the summer we're going to create a program to allow you to do that so again i think it's just broadening the horizons of the boomers that independent living isn't a healthcare based approach it's about providing support for you as your age and whatever that may be educationally artistically intellectually physically we work on all of those parts of an environment in which you can be yourself.
0: I'm also curious to know, you know, switching topics again, how you plan to grow the Revel brand. So what type of growth are you targeting right now? And in which markets are you looking to grow?
1: So currently in 2021, we're opening four communities, which, you know, cutting out of COVID is a challenge in itself. So we're opening two in Scottsdale, one in Palm Desert, California and one in Folsom, California as well. But we are looking up and down the West Coast. It's right now coming through this process, I think our investment committee is really focused on, I'm trying to think of the right word for this, but opportunistic, right? So if something comes up and it looks like it's gonna be a great you know, space for a senior living community on the IL side, we're, we're looking at them. We're looking in Texas. We have a couple of things in the pipeline looking in Texas. But I think for us, we're not looking to expand rapidly. Revel started a couple of years ago and we've expanded pretty quickly. And I think we're looking to now make sure that the brand is holistically connected. So I I would say 20 to 25 communities and all connected in such a way that everybody feels like they're part of the same family.
0: And I meant to ask this earlier, is this pretty much all new development or are there maybe one-off acquisition opportunities in there too?
1: We are opportunistic in our approach. Up until today, everything has been new development, but we are absolutely open to doing one off for, and that would fit the rebel model, which again is very, I would say, luxurious in some cases. You know, we just don't want a building. We want to have the right facilities for us. Our rebel residents have the opportunity to travel between each community. We want them to feel like they're in the, the same place, that they understand the environment that they're in, and they're going to have that same level of expectations on the amenity side.
0: You you came to this industry again after a long career in hospitality. Are there any lessons that you learned during that career that you can apply to this one? And I also recall that you have said in the past that the senior living industry today looks kind of like the boutique hotel and hospitality industry in the early 1990s. So maybe in what ways and what can we learn from that too?
1: So I think what attracted me to this Rebel brand in particular, again, not focusing on, I was going to go work in senior housing, but when I worked in boutiques in the 1990s, they were unknown. They were very unique within the broader hospitality space, very, very experiential. So they were design focused, They provided an ambience and an energy for the customer at the time, and they didn't compete directly with the franchise brands, you know, the traditional business, Marriott, Hyatt, so forth. So when I was working and growing in that space, everything we did was sort of built from scratch and different and we didn't look at the training the same way. We didn't call people Mr. or Mrs. You know, we really focused on that particular guest and what made them special. You were staying in a place where there was diversity and inclusion and there were, you know, servers with tattoos. So for me, I feel like senior housing has to start to grow in that diversity and inclusion space. It has to open it up and let the staff be who they are, the staff and the residents. And so it's less formal and more supportive and sharing. The residents have such great stories, and they really do just want someone to help them do a little bit better every day, feel a little bit better every day. And I'm hoping that through the process of taking some of the things that I learned within boutiques what I think I've kind of learned through this COVID experience is what are the rules in senior housing, good, bad, and ugly, and, and you know, no one revels going to break them. You know, I think the com- conversation around staycation suites in these types of communities. So how do we do that? How do we do it in such a way that uh, we educate the population and we leverage it so people feel supported when they go to a new community that maybe they're not used to living in? You have to laugh, but all the big brands now have boutiques, right? They've all bought them all up to recreate that ambiance and so forth.
0: Personally, I know it will be hard to get back into my old habits of socialization. You know, for example, the thought of being in close proximity to a bunch of different people all sharing the same air. That makes me a little bit nervous these days. And I'm assuming that it's probably the same a little bit for senior living residents. So I guess my first question is, is that true? Are senior living residents maybe feeling a little bit nervous about going back to normalcy? And are there ways that you can maybe ease them back into that through programming or activities?
1: So, you know, I think going back to our residents have been resilient. They are very eager to get back and socialize. I think they've actually been pushing our staff to open up faster than we've allowed, given the local mandates and the process of of what that looks like. So I think for us, our team members are more apt to be nervous about doing broader socialization and, you know, larger group events versus the residents who are actively pushing to do those things at this point. So for me, I think what we're trying to do is small groups at the moment. Again, our dining rooms are open at whatever the local mandate allows, you know, 25, 50%. I think we may have one community that's fully open, but socially distanced. So I do think it's important that we look at the residents as, you know, people looking at the last, you know, quarter or less of their life. So they're eager to get back out and meet their friends and have lunch and, you know, share their stories And so for me, I don't think it'll be hard to get them back. I do think once we let them out of that space and, lo- and all the lockdowns are, are gone and, you know, there's less mandates, it will be very difficult to do any increased type of lockdown after we sort of let it open up to be 100% open in the future.
0: Well, Danette, thank you so much for joining me on Transform today. This has been a great conversation. I, I appreciated having you on.
1: Thank you so much, Tim. I appreciate being able to share what we're doing at Revel.
0: That does it for this episode of Transform. I would again like to mention our upcoming BUILD event in Chicago on November 17 and 18. Be sure to visit seniorhousingnews.com slash events for the latest updates on BUILD and our other scheduled events. Again, I'm Tim Regan for Senior Housing News. Thanks for listening.